This panel discussion was recorded at the recent Western Australian Brewers Association conference in Perth. Brews News was able to attend to host and record these panels thanks to the generous support of Bintani. And we thank Bintani for their support, not only of us, but also those brewers in attendance at the conference and those unable to attend in person. Bintani, supplying the brewing industry with a wide range of quality brewing ingredients since 1995. It's with great pleasure that I introduce keynote speaker, Paul Bowker, Man- Managing Director of Brick Lane Brewing Community. Paul is founder and CEO of Brick Lane Brewery since its inception in 2017. Over this time, the brewery has grown to become one, uh, one of the most efficient, scalable and sustainable breweries in Australia with a strong branded portfolio, contract brewing business and emerging hospitality business. Prior to Brick Lane, uh, Paul worked in a variety of sectors, but predominantly oil and gas. Various roles in Australia and the UK saw Paul working as a mergers and acquisitions lawyer in corporate development and as a CEO for listed companies. Paul is involved in the not-for-profit sector and is currently on the board of Metro Arts. Paul has left the, the corporate world well and truly behind and is now seduced by all things beer and brewing and couldn't be happier. We are delighted to have Paul here today as our keynote speaker. Please welcome Paul. All right. Thank you, everyone, uh, for, for allowing me to come here today. An incredible crowd of people. I think I uh, bumped into a few people in the last three, four weeks. I think it's been a whirlwind for a whole heap of people. Um, we've had uh, CBC, uh, the AIBAs, uh, GABs, and now, now this, which is pretty amazing. You know, I was actually chatting to Sabrina and Matt up there earlier before, and um, you know, if there's one thing that WA does well, amongst a lot of things that we'll get into, um, is just bringing the beer community within the state together, and um, there's genuinely no other state that can actually do this and achieve this, so um, it's amazing, and it's amazing to be here, so thank you very much. Um, also, thank you to Phil for the welcome to country, and uh, obviously everyone will be hunting you out later on this afternoon, because uh, it's a Friday. Um, so for today, um, what I really wanted to sort of go through was a, f- a few things that are happening in the industry at the moment. Um, I guess from our perspective at Brick Lane, we're in this fortunate position where we see all different parts of the market, whether it's what's happening um, in, uh, in brand, in retail, um, in the contract brewing space, hospitality, um, and also importantly, um, some deep insights into retailers and uh, capital markets, you know, how people are funding things, um, where there's money to be made or not to be made, what a long-term sustainable business looks like. So what I'll do, I'll sort of touch on a couple of those key themes early and then go through some of the key dynamics in the market at the moment and some big opportunities and then maybe wrap up towards the end and just look at, you know, what a long-term future business should actually look like in this space. And I think we're very fortunate to be in an environment at the moment where you really can choose your own adventure um, and you can set up your business for success in any different form, whether, it, whether it's a small business, a medium-sized business, a larger business, a branded, a portfolio. I think there's space for absolutely everyone in this room to create a, a thriving business. Choose your own adventure, obviously WA, um, links into WA because that's the way WA rolls. Uh, they've always chosen their own path, no more so than over the last couple of years. And in, in fact, you know, um, yeah, I think uh, WA is sort of taking it to everyone at the moment. Anyone that was at the AIBAs, and I, I know a lot of people were, um, there's a pretty big WA presence there as well. So Champion Beer, uh, I think Cheeky Monkey had the, the best pale ale in the country. Um, so certainly WA is punching above its weight at the moment. 
It's actually some of the some of the intro things just touched on a few of the uh, sites around WA and what makes WA unique. Um, clearly, naturally, this is the most beautiful place in the country. Um, it's full of natural resources, um, natural beauty, um, and also has this unique position that. You know, in one sense, some people look at it as a negative of being isolated. I look at it the other way and go, it means WA's being able to create this incredible culture of brewing, um, in a way, um, on its own, um, and build something that's truly collaborative. And you know, 400 people uh, rolling up today is bigger than any other state can possibly pull together. So that all holds true. What I'll talk through first, really, just to run through a little bit, is just to talk through some of the key dynamics that are happening in the market at the moment. Um, all these things are, actually can be turned into real positives and they're all surmountable, but I think as we talk through what a long-term sustainable business might look like, it's important to understand the challenges that we've got in front of us. Um, and some of these, you know, everyone will be incredibly familiar with um, supply chain issues, um, whether in raw materials, whether in equipment, um, you know, I know there's some people ordering big orders of equipment at the moment, Blaster, you know, clearly putting in a, a big side and the issues around procurement of uh, equipment out of Europe. Um, inflationary pressures, and I will touch on that because it's a hot issue that is absolutely current at the moment and what pe how people are going to respond to rising input costs. Retail-owned brands, um, there's a bunch of people in the room, I know this is a hot topic for them. Again, Matt and Sabrina up, up the back have been... Uh, speaking a lot about this recently, so I'll touch on that, for, probably from a unique perspective as well, because we not only retail our brand, but we also, um, it's no secret, we make beers under their own label for, for Coles, for Endeavour Group and for Aldi. Um, cost of debt and equity, um, this is not a financial presentation, but um, as we look to expand, um, clearly the low interest environment is, is being left behind and it's getting more and more difficult to uh, access reasonable cost debt, um, but also there's challenges around equity as well, which I'll touch on. And then the really interesting thing will be, probably in my mind at least, the last slide, um, is all about a sustainable business. And uh, I guess in my mind, you can't really create a business unless when you create it, you know where you want to end up um, and what the ultimate end game is. So there's some of the key topics that I'll touch through. Where it will all wrap up in the end, hopefully, is that we'll be able to have a bit of a look at the business, and I certainly know from our business, um, when we were setting up, we had a very clear goal of where we wanted to end up on this spectrum. Um, and I've, you know, these, these are my definitions, everyone will have their own way of looking at it and um, what the metrics are around it, but there's effectively an area in which you can create a business, and you know, seven million's a stretch, but building a business sort of from you know, up to a million litres or a little bit above beyond is this sort of build phase, and it can be a very successful, profitable business in that phase. There's a phase at which you push beyond that, and um, arguably in this next sort of sales zone, um, it's very, very difficult to maintain profit profitability, and it results in different end games at that area. Um, a breakthrough zone that very few people manage to get to or desire to get to, um, and then genuine scale, which you know there's there's limited um, people in that market. So. A bit of a snapshot on where we're at today. Um, beer in Australia, there's different numbers around depending on re retail figures, wholesale, on off-prem, but in a, in a broad sense, it's about a $20 billion industry in Australia. Um, and indie beer, again, it, it depends on how you define it, but call it $800 million and, you, and you can roll in Coopers and Stone and Wood who have just exited um, and some other, other larger breweries and you probably come to roughly those numbers. So it's a big industry and indie beer in particular um, has a very important role to play in it. 
Um, and the, the second table across sort of shows that. I mean, beer has been declining. Um, you know, I think over the last 10 years, there's, there's a figure of around 20% decline in people's consumption of beer. But broadly, about 2% per annum, the overall beer market is declining. However, within that, you know, most people in this room who are in the independent space, not everyone, but most are, um, that market has been growing and it continues to grow. And this is the huge opportunity that we all have. Um, the number of brewers, again, you know, uh, Brews News have done a good bit of work on this. I'm not sure what the exact number came to. I'm sure I'll get corrected, but I think it was around 500, maybe a fraction less. That, again, gets bandied about as there's too many. I don't, I don't think there's enough. I think the more there is, the more the indie brands will grow. So to me, double it. You know, I, I don't see any reason why not. A, a few other stats in there about how market share is growing in the US. I won't go into too much detail, um, but certainly Australia is, has a long way to go if we're to match the, um, the market penetration in the US. So here's a few bits and pieces that I'll, I'll just touch on to give context of what it, it is going to take to create a long-term sustainable business. Um, I guess for everyone in this room, you're in this industry because of passion um, to innovate. You create great loyalty you know, amongst other people who are in this room, clearly, um, as part of WABA, um, but also with consumers and customers. Um, one really interesting thing, and you know, I guess, again, the unique space we're in because we're... Um, we have a slightly different model. Um, we get you know, a lot of things come over our desk about breweries that may be for sale, may be struggling, may be looking to take a different path. Um, and I, I genuinely expected over the last couple of years for a flood of breweries to need to or want to exit the market. And I, frankly, I'm shocked that so few um, breweries have left the scene or exited. And the only thing you can really put that down is to is absolute resilience. Um, and I, I sort of compare it to larger brands and corporate brands. They launch a, launch a beer or a skew. If it doesn't work, bang, it's cut, it's dead. Um, everyone in this room has a completely different approach because it's, it's life, um, lifestyle. It's what you're here for and what you do. So that's, that's a key feature that we'll touch on later. But a lot of big brewers don't have that because it's a P&L. Um, for us, it's far more than that, and we can use that to our advantage. A couple of interesting things happening in the market at the moment, and there's been a lot of data in the last, even in the last week actually, so if you go do a bit of a search for IRI and a few others, GrowthScope have put out a report. Um, what this shows is through COVID, um, there was peaks and troughs of growth. Um, the really interesting thing here, and it got talked about a lot, was there was this um, premiumisation um, through COVID where everyone was locked up, they weren't going on holidays, you couldn't buy a car, you couldn't do a lot, um, but you could spend more money on the consumables that you really enjoyed, and beer was one of them. So there was this huge spike. The really interesting part, though, now that all that's flushed through and we've come out of COVID, is that that's been retained. Um, so this, this growth in volume, um, there's growth in sales value, but the biggest, most interesting thing of all of this is that it looks like the market's now been permanently dislocated in that there is this premium growth. Um, the reason that's so important is because that's a market we all play in. Um, we don't play in generally um, in the low cost, high volume, low margin um, space. We play in premium and it appears that it's now an ongoing factor of the market that more and more people are prepared to pay a premium. So very important when we look at how we design our portfolios. The other thing that's happening is new categories. Um, I, I think potentially there's a path you can take where you can stay very true to, I guess, craft beer, define it however you will, um, and what it meant and stay firmly in that category. 
where a lot of people are winning in the space is to move into, you can call them adjacencies, step outs, whatever you want to call them, um, but there are some huge growth categories out there and the advantage for everyone in this room is we're able to move so quickly. Um, and if we want to move into one of these new categories, we can generally do it around a table with a few people deciding to go for it. So some of these markets, um, you know, obviously hard seltzer, we're, we're, we're personally not in it, it's not, not for us, but others are doing really well out of it. A lot of people are moving into um, spirits, whether RTDs or spirits. Uh, the no out space, vested interest, because we make heaps normal and sidewinder that are on there. Um, but that is a space that I think the independent space is completely revolutionised and I absolutely would thank Keeps Normal for it because they've been the ones who have ploughed through and have done it and everyone is following in their footsteps, including us. Um, but it is a market that I think we can all play in really well, subject to technology, and we'll pick up on that theme as well. Um, no carb, again, you know, there's all these growth sectors and I think for the independents, subject to technology, because we can move so quick, we can either lead or we can fast follow, and we can probably fast follow, uh, fast follow quickly, more quickly than most others, others can. There's a bit of a table there around um, where you can see where the, where the growth really is, and touching on the previous side, high-end beer, so premium beer, um, is a huge growth sector, and we're all in it, so it's great. The other interesting one is uh, retail. This one's a real challenge for a whole heap of reasons. The absolute positive is that um, retail, again, has grown through COVID. Um, there were, you can see those ups and downs, that's seasonality, so everyone would understand that. But the most interesting part is not the seasonality or the spikes, but the new baseline. Um, and there is a new baseline for retail liquor sales, and it's higher than it's ever been. Um, so it is a space that if you, depending on where you want your business to end up, you will need to play in, um, like in hardcore retail, as I, as I call it, so the nationals, um, and if you are to achieve scale, um, it's almost inevitable that you need to play in that space. It does come with a lot of challenges, however, which I'll, which I'll touch on in a little while. Th this one's, I've put in there, direct-to-consumer, um, you know, I'll, I'll own up, like, we haven't cracked it, and genuinely, I'm not sure if, if we know how to crack it. Um, the challenge for beer is it's heavy, um, it's low value, it's pretty hard to move around. Um, we certainly haven't come up with the answers of how to do it economically. If you, you know, I'll speak to anyone later on if anyone's got any smart ideas, but I think it's in obviously in huge growth um, online and direct to consumer. Um, it's a huge challenge for our industry. Um, whiskey, spirits, even wine can do it well because they're lower weight, higher value. We haven't cracked it, and I think the real challenge in this space now is going to be if you look at things like Jimmy Brings, who have effectively got you know, 2,000 warehouses around Australia through BWS and Dan's, and how do we compete with that one? Um, I'd be interested in, in any ideas, because I don't have the answer. Sustainability, um, it's a huge broad topic, and I won't get into su sustainability today, because it's a subject of other, other, other speeches. Um, but one thing I would say is um, there's a huge investment into sustainability, not just within our own sector, but from governments and other funding bodies. Um, and it's a really important space to follow. Now, there's more and more grants, more and more access to incentives and other benefits that are coming out of, out of the government. Um, things like the uh, MMF, MMF um, and I know Blaster participated in that. Um, so did we. Um, you know, we, we received a grant for a million dollars through the MMF. 
um, and that was all dedicated towards sustainability initiatives within the brewery. I would genuinely encourage everyone to have a close look at it. Um, outside of this session, more than happy to have a chat to anyone and share our learnings or how we went about it because um, there's a lot of really good money out there um, for businesses that are genuinely focused on not just sustainability but innovation um, and obviously growing whether it's state-based or, or federal money, um, growing the relevant economy. Um, so one, absolutely, I'd be going hard at it, and we certainly are, and we'll continue to. Um, so that's a, that's a really good initiative that's come out of the last few years in particular. Hospitality, uh, again, this is, um, most people in this room would have a fairly reasonable hospitality business through their tap room. Um, it's pretty much essential in my mind. Um, I'm not really sure that you can successfully build a long-term brand without having a spiritual home that's not just a brewery, but also a place where people can interact with your staff, be educated, enjoy beer, enjoy it fresh, um, and be part of the community. I know WA in particular does this incredibly well. Um, I think I'm gonna head over and have a look at Gage like tomorrow, only because I haven't been there yet. Um, but WA's got obviously natural beauty to do these things, whether you're down in the Margaret River, um, I've got shelter there, you know, at the Busso Pier, um, WA does it really well, there's so much natural beauty um, and it's something that I think everyone will need to continue to focus on. The interesting part about this, the downside is that if you're hospitality heavy, um, who could have predicted COVID, but that caused huge pain for a lot of people. But again, it's almost stunning to me that everyone survived through it, um, even though the vast bulk of many businesses were done over the counter. So again, it just goes back to the resilience that independent brewers have. Um, and then there's a consolidation piece, and I'll, I'll, I won't touch on this at the moment because I'll, I'll come back to it in a little while, but um, it is a, a fact of the industry and it's accelerating um, and everyone needs to be well and truly aware of it. Um, even if they're not a participant in it, it is going to have a big impact on all of our businesses, I, I believe, over the next sort of one, two, three years because um, I've sort of had an insight into what's coming. Uh, so back to where we sort of started. So uh, the, the key sort of message really for me, I guess, if in creating a long-term sustainable business is really understanding where you want to play. Um, and the business that you design and construct will differ depending on where you actually want to end up. Um, so if I take a, I'll take us as an example. So Brick Lane, um, we always had this goal and desire to create a brewery and a business of scale. Um, and we went about things in a very different way, but we always knew that we had a desire to be a genuine scale business and, you know, we're, we're not quite 20 million litres plus, but we're right on it at the moment. But we built a business that would be able to deliver that and grow into that space. And what that meant, um, often to, you know, amusement of others, um, is that we, we created a business before we even had a brand. And, you know, that's a completely ridiculous thing to do in some ways, but... The reason we did it, because our core asset and our key asset was um, the ability to brew fantastic beers across a whole variety of styles at scale and efficiently. So that was our single-minded focus, was to get that facility up and running. And once we did that, then we started to create brands. So you know, we've got Brick Lane, we've got Sidewinder, we've got Sunsetter. Um, so the brands effectively followed the brewery, which is the heart um, of the business. Now. In, if you're looking to create a business that is hospitality driven and may do one, two, three million litres or, or less, um, you clearly couldn't do that because you'd be out of business. Um, 
And you know, I'm happy to say it's not well, not happy to say because it's never pretty. But we designed a business that would lose money for the first three years. Um, so you know, every, every day you see red ink flowing out, um, and it's although it's not a comfortable position to be in, um, it was all part of the plan. Um, so we designed the business to invest heavily in those first three years, so that once we hit a certain um, volume, then we'd be profitable, which we are. So um, the whole point of this side, I guess, is to start to get it us thinking about where we actually want to end up because we need to create a business that's going to ultimately fit that model. So some of the key things happening in the market at the moment um, in terms of growing a business, um, access to capital is a real, a real pain point, I think, and it's coming and it's, it's going to become harder. Um, the cost of accessing debt, um, first of all, the cost is the pressure that it puts on your business um, and the requirement to continue to produce um, profits and fund um, all, my, all day, every day, effectively, interest payments is, is hard. And if you have a business that's irregular and up and down, that comes at a, at a cost. The other side is, you know, up until recently, you could go out and get debt for 5%, 6% um, through a bank. Th those days are now gone. Um, so the ability to fund a startup or a, a growing business out of debt is getting more and more difficult. Um, and what that means is that um, if you're in the space where you want to grow and continue to invest in capital, um, you necessarily need to look at a different model, I believe, and one of, one of the things that you need to look at is equity. Um, so the way we approached it, uh, we started the business with uh, 20 shareholders who all put in a reasonable amount of money. That allowed us to construct the business debt-free, um, but also with a lot of flexibility, so if we needed further access to capital, we could go and get it. I think one of the big trends we're seeing in the industry at the moment is pretty much all the businesses that grow beyond a certain point, so if you look in that breakthrough zone, they all have a different funding model, um, which to get to that space, you can no longer really do it. I guess the, the last one was Stone and Wood. I mean, that was absolutely incredible um, that they got to you know, 18 million litres, give or take, um, and really through four shareholders, um, and they built this amazing business um, over the space of 10 years. My genuine belief is the ability to do that these days is gone. Um, so there's going to be a different capital model that's needed. And I think if you look at everyone that's actually broken through, um, they do have a different capital model, whether it's our model. Um, Young Henry's has a lot of family offices that sit behind it. Tribe has private equity. Um, Colonials, obviously, Chris Morris. Um, Gage is listed, which is another um, potential model, um, as was Little Creatures. So if, if you have the desire to grow the business to, I'm calling it sort of 7 million litres plus, um, I think the ability to do that off your own back um, is a challenge um, and there's far better models to do that in terms of equity. The interesting part is this sort of sales zone, I call it. In the build zone, you can, build a, you can genuinely build a profitable business um, that you, know, you may solely own yourself um, and do good volume through local retail, through tap rooms um, and create great margin. The real challenge is how you grow beyond that and there's always this ceiling of two, three million litres where the next step involves investing in significant capital to do that. And what often happens is, and this is no secret, um, is that pressure point becomes very difficult, whether it's in terms of capital, management expertise, um, long-term desire, and brewery sell. Um, the other reason that brewery sell um, is because they build incredible brands. Um, those, those brands don't have to be profitable, and I would um, say that the majority of the brands that sell are not profitable and have probably never genuinely turned a profit, but they've been built to sell. So if, again, going back to why you create a business, if the desire is to create a business 
to create a really prof a really valuable brand um, that you would like to sell one day or would like to you know divest in part to others. Um, it's a very different path from um, building a profitable business and, and I'd argue if you want to build a, a business to sell then build an unprofitable business and over invest in a brand, um, have a minimal investment in terms of capital and other technology and that's the best way if you want to end up in that sort of sales zone. A few other dynamics in the market that are out there at the moment, the consolidation wave um, which I'm fascinated in because you know we're a, a reasonable um, part of any consolidation, I guess, that could happen um, in that we've got a, a good facility and a national business. But that wave is coming, I think, and it's coming pretty hard. Um, and it's a matter of how, as independent brewers, I guess, we maintain that independence um, and those reasons for being and why we're actually here today. How do we do that in an environment where more and more people are starting to conglomerate and come in? And the challenge for all of us is going to be the more that happens, the more power they have in terms of obtaining uh, shelf space, of obtaining taps, um, and clearly they're going to have much lower costs of production and the ability to scale. So as an independent brewer, how do we survive and not get squeezed? Um, and that, that's something that you know, we need to be constantly thinking about. And uh, I think if we go back to some of those earlier slides, there's definitely a way through it because it's working. But we're going to need to find a different way. Um, traditional pass to market like retail, and again, I guess I've got some insights because we're heavily involved in that space, but retail fridges, they're not made of rubber. Um, and if you have a look at what's happening in national retail, um, the space allocated to craft, if you want to call it that, may be slightly growing. The space allocated to independent brewers through national ranging is shrinking and is going to continue to shrink. Uh, and if I look at what's happening or what has happened in wine, where retailers either own or have exclusive um, brands for you know, 60, 70% of the portfolio. It's really small in beer at the moment, but it, it's coming and it's coming hard. Uh, so how do we compete against that with retailers having their own brands on shelf, taking up more and more space and more and more of these, um, I guess, roll-up um, businesses using their buying power to buy retail space? So it's something I think we need to be really conscious of when we design a portfolio um, because the days of rolling out a national brand into retail are getting harder. Um, I, th I think, for me at least, I think the way through that is going back to some of those earlier slides, which is sticking with what we do best, which is a premium product. Um, I don't think we can ever compete on a mass scale product against the majors. So stick with the premium, which is why we're here and it's what we enjoy doing for a start. Um, but it also allows you to capture a much higher margin. Um, consumers aren't as, um, as concerned with the um, price per ABV type equation that a lot of people do. Um, and it's genuinely a wide open space and it's one that we innovate in very well. The other trend is, um, at least what we're seeing from um, our perspective, is the indie banners are getting really quite strong. Um, and even I saw some uh, information out about Harry Browns, for example, the other day, they're a big box, I think they've got 12, 13 stores, but they're taking it to Dan Murphy's. So the other thing that we've been doing at least is getting in early on the ground floor with some of these big independent retailers um, who are picking up more and more shelf space, I guess, um, within the market and aligning to those. So I, I think even though this wave is coming, there's still some really promising ways through it. Um, and I think uh, the independent space has a, has a role to play. Um, we can capture premium. Um, we can continue to capture more volume. The market that we're in is actually growing. Um, so for me, I think everything's incredibly positive. We just need to be aware of 
um, the risks that are coming and where we want our businesses to actually finish up. They're sort of the key themes that I'm seeing in the market at the moment. Also, there's a lot of really good stats and data out there as well. They're, they're the high-level summaries, but if you want to get really targeted on where particular parts of the market are and what's in growth and what's not, feel free to have a chat because I've got quite a bit of stuff I could probably have a chat to you about or, or share with you. Thanks to Bintani for making the recording of this panel discussion possible. Bintani, supplying the brewing industry with a wide range of quality brewing ingredients since 1995.